there was an idea to bring together a remarkable group of Marvel Crisis Protocol players to see if they could give something more to the community. The Christmas Present Initiative. Last Christmas, we gave you the 18 days of Christmas, one for each affiliation. This year, we're doing it bigger and better. Not just every affiliation, but every leader will get their own episode. 33 leaders, one massive present to the MCP community. Hello, and welcome to another Christmas episode. This time, I have the amazing Jesse Eakin with me. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I am really happy to be back on the Danger Room and talking to a team I really love today that's not currently one of my primary teams. So, <laughs> I mean, they are one of my primary teams, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, but you do have a soft spot for these guys, and you've played a ton of them. Yeah, it's kind of like you with Web Warriors, right? It's like you might have taken a break for a while, but of course, they're your heart's still there, so yeah. you, you always go back. So, yeah, this exactly. is absolutely the case with the team, which is Convocation today. Yep, we're representing the Wizards, and as you know, our episodes have been focused on leaders, but Wizards just don't have a leader. <laughs> it's pretty cool, yeah. We're kind of breaking the Christmas present format for you guys all together, sort of. It's just the leadership how it works, but um, I think we can say right out the gate that either Strange is typically going to be your leader when you play this team and especially one of my leaders when i play this team yeah i always i loved playing like og strange in complication i know you actually. did yeah he was super fun and i would make him my leader if he was on the table pretty often but uh, if i wasn't playing him then i would usually make voodoo my leader uh, okay voodoo basically came in every game when i played convo but i don't know what about you it's pretty much always Supreme Strange for me or mm -hmm. Classic Strange if I have them both in my roster, which I've I've ebbed and flowed where I have both in the roster. And I think there's many reasons to have both. And also, there's many reasons to only pursue one. It depends on the route you want to go. So I think they're obviously the number one choice, one of them. But I think the number two choice, yeah, I think Voodoo is pretty good. And I've had a couple weird games. I mean, it's it's if you play enough MCP with one roster, you start seeing interesting interactions. And since I've played so much combo i did see this couple of times i had a couple games where i played wong as the leader and he was just a back point sitter and i got really aggressive with my other pieces you know and wong was just basically kind of doing the storm thing you know where he just sits back and keeps the leadership up. yeah yeah, yeah i know so, i've heard people talk about that before and wong can be clutch in those situations yeah it's pretty narrow when they show up but when they do show up it's pretty cool when it works out so that's been my kind of my leader choices because i really don't like some other convocation members to be the leader very much. I have tried Mordo and it's worked out well as well. It's also worked out, but it's like Mordo's got some stuff you want to spend power on. And I don't know, sometimes his power generation doesn't work out. And then you're like put in a weird situation where you're like, do I want to flip the leadership with his power or do I want to do some other superpower or spender things with him? And you kind of get in weird spots. He's also kind of fragile occasionally. And the other times he survives random stuff with that extra health on the front. Um, and he's got good defensive stats outside of his physical defense. Um, yeah. So there's games where I've kind of made Supreme Strange more of a just super aggro piece um, in the terms of like sitting on the midline. And those games I've actually made Mordo the leader as well and kind of put my opponent in an interesting question where it's like uh, Strange is doing a lot, but he's also not the leader. So I don't get value out of taking away the convocation leadership, which turns out it's pretty good leadership. It is. It's a great leadership. Um how often are you uh, the the bump? It's well known that the, the the place side, the teleport side, is is very very good and probably the favored one. But 
Correct. Do you ever find yourself using the the reroll side? Yeah, in fact, early on when I first was testing the team, I think before anyone had really cracked them, I was using the reroll side a lot because uh, what we're going to talk about today, I've kind of got more of an attrition style convocation, even though it is kind of that classic half control, half damage that convocation is. But so I would use the reroll sometimes as early as round two onward, but I always had the reroll. I always had the bump on round one, no matter what, pretty much. I think that's kind of a standard go-to because the things you could do with extracts and stuff and uh, gives you some security too. Yeah. The chance that you're going to be attacking an unactivated character on round one is basically nil. Correct. Yeah. So you just won't get any value out of it. And I've also found that the, the reroll side's a little bit undervalued by the community. And I think part of that is because it, it just isn't as good if you are kind of the standard width of a team, like a five wide team or something, or even wider, right? It's just, in some ways, it's not as good. You would think it'd be better because you're like, oh, more rerolls. But the way activation order happens and stuff like that, things just get really chaotic quickly. And I think when you go really tall with Convocation, the reroll side is a little bit better because you're kind of obviously going with a priority piece early and probably deleting something, right? So it's it's tough to say. But yeah, I think the bump, if you're trying to learn the team, is just a standard set it, you know, set it and forget it sort of thing you know yeah it's gonna be good like all the time yeah exactly yeah that leadership has definitely caught people out and i know omnis is like definitely scarred from our games (laughs) (laughs) right he's like oh i just parting shot voodoo and then voodoo bumps forward and possesses you anyway and he's like oh no terrifying yeah Yeah. well and you know i'm a huge fan of i guess you in the community know i'm should everyone should know that i'm a huge fan of lizard and obviously, Lizard's really good in this team with the the place. It's it's really weird some of the things he can do with um, extract things, and also sort of getting to secures you didn't think he was going to get because you bumped him once or twice, right? So there's cool stuff that you can lean into with the bump, um, but also it's just a good safe move, you know, just to get someone back safer, closer to your side. Lizard's downright obnoxious in complication in my experience he can just be super aggressive you attack him and he just moves away it's really good yeah, yeah. especially if you got like a god forbid you have like a range two attacker you know <laughs> hitting him or something and yeah i don't know there's just things going on so i find it very very cool and very flexible in that way but it's weird because we talk about this on furious finest a lot where it's like i love mcp so much because like obviously so much of the game is it's we first look at leaderships and we're like, oh, that's a team. But then there's so many elements that actually make up a team. And a big part of that is the affiliated characters, right? And I think this team has a really cool set of affiliated characters that you honestly bring most of. Yeah, so let's let's hear who those are. Well, for me, I all my convocation builds, I pretty much start with Supreme Strange. And then also if I have room, I bring original strange as well so that that would be one or two slots and you, as mike said you can obviously swip it, swap it the other way um i just really have a soft spot for supreme strange he's my favorite model to play in the game but then i kind of immediately go down the list and of priority order for me and it typically ends up being voodoo as number two after strange of your choice and then ancient one mordo and magic and if you've got space wong is surprisingly good in this team just because he's an affiliated piece and he can help you with some sort of turn zero math, um, do certain things with, you know, builds that you probably didn't have without him. It's weird though. Cause I always end up not really having space for a second two. So if you do bring Wong, you're kind of, 
you're stuck in that. And I know, for instance, Mike, you were playing Toad with Convocation, and that's another route you can go to. You can just swap long for just a two of your choice as well. So it's kind of, you know, but I, I, I really like that base of a strange voodoo, ancient one, Mordo magic, and then a two threat. Yeah. I think I was trying to like play convocation the way I want to play MCP versus like play right. MCP the way convo wants to play MCP. Yeah. So. They, they really, they're similar to X-Men in a lot of ways, which I do like with the affiliation building, not, not in playstyle, but it's also like, and, and that fact is they like you to bring a lot of their models and they like you to do stuff with their models and they like you to bring a lot of their affiliated tactics cards to use with said models. So it's, it's, it does make it tight, but it's also like, if you like the wizards, the theme is right. <laughs> you know, hundred percent is. And I found that they, they have like, since their leadership for as flexible as their leadership is, and that it can go on anyone, I found their squad building to be oddly inflexible. Good point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was very, it's very like counterintuitive at first. Um, Cause I felt like I wanted voodoo a lot basically all the time yes um, and strange was uh maybe i think i think i probably if i ever go back to them i would play supreme yeah uh, he, i feel like you have to just trust that he's gonna do what he needs to do and he typically does he's got consistency with his stuff for the most part i mean other than you just get really unlucky but yeah i think he does the job this is his team right i mean this is where he shines the most yeah agreed um and then, I mean, I was playing Original Strange, which I liked. I liked the idea of like Astral Ring ranged heals. Right. And uh, like the control that Original Strange has from range. No, I think it's perfectly works well for that. And that's kind of where we kind of, that's a good branching off point of discussion and the idea of how you build your combo. Because you kind of, you can go more the control way that you're talking about, Mike. You can also go more the attrition way at a couple other large pieces and then just intend on bringing Supreme Strange and Voodoo every game. And obviously you've got plenty of control with that, but you're also leaning a little bit more on the damage side than if you were to bring OG Strange with more heals. So it it is cool how you can swap between the two playstyles. Yeah, I man, I wish I could play both Stranges together. Like, if I could play both Stranges together in Voodoo, and like maybe like a splash character at four wide, that would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be really good. Uh, no, absolutely. But... I think though you're bringing strange and voodoo every game, I think these other pieces cannot be understated. I think ancient one and magic are really cool in this team and really strong. Ancient one was awesome. I played her in most of my games and like, I would just delete characters with put like playing a pull dock up on her activation. And that yep. character just dies. <laughs> yeah. And so now we're in this new era of the game. Right. And I think plane of pull dock went up in a lot of ways and we'll get to that. when We talk tactics cards, but I find that very cool because combo is they're very strange where they're like, they're kind of holding on and, and doing some control. Then all of a sudden they have a big swing damage turn and playing a pole can obviously help that in a lot of ways. And uh, they just do scary damage sometimes out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, ancient one spender is like just insane. Right? It, it's one of the better ones of the game. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, she's an awesome piece too, because she can bring that just, laser focus of high damage out of nowhere but on top of that she if you're playing her right i mean she's just not going away and she's being a defensive piece so 
I think she's a staple of the team that you can't really leave home without in your 10 because though you want to take Voodoo every game like you're talking about, and I agree with that, you also want to try to fit her in in a lot of games. That's kind of where I was, yeah. It was like her and Voodoo and then Estrange were like who I wanted to play uh, basically all the time. The three threats, I feel like the three threats are situational. They don't, yeah. they, they, their biggest weak point is they don't have like a great generalist three threat. That's true. Um, yeah. I think magic is like fine, but she isn't, she's not like the upper tier of the three threats in the game, you know, that you'd want no, to bring all no. the time. She, she has her moments where she just feels incredible, but a lot of things have to go your way. And she obviously has an incredible tactics card that you try to bring a lot. But the funny part about that tax card being really good journey through limbo is what I'm talking about is uh, you're playing a very tactics card heavy team. So sometimes it's hard to fit that journey through limbo in, you know? Yeah. You're usually bringing ironbound books, playing a pull doc and maybe like an astral ring or an orb of Agamotto. Yep. And then you like, like magic's card. And then you probably have a restricted card. At least you probably have brace. And it's like brace yeah, every time. Already... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably a second restricted card. It's, probably indomitable in a lot of ways because if we're alluding to listener you know this team really does not like throws um so i've come find that's that's a lot of things going on so yeah magic though i think you bring journey through limbo in your 10 and i have it on my 10 currently it just doesn't make the cut a lot but it man does it feel good just to like journey through limbo a super high threat model away and it's like you're like well magic earned her pay this game you know yeah, I mean, you could just portal Juggernaut away, and it's awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love that he's on the art, you know? It's, yep, it's perfect, it's, right? <laughs> it's hinting. But I, I've kind of hinted at some Splash models, and I want to know your experience, too, with this mic on, on Splash models, but I've had a lot of fun and success with Lizard. We talked about it. Um, the biggest thing is that you could be aggressive with him, and then you could do a lot of interesting things with the bounce away with the leadership but you, you can also bounce inward you can also grab a mid extract in the middle of the map and then get to safety um quasi storm hop stuff but also he's also just a good physical tanky piece that kind of fills some of your gaps yeah and he can throw people around right which is yes. really great uh yeah the wizards don't have a they have okay control but i find it's expensive it is like, Possess is expensive. Voodoo's throw is like cost three. Scalpel's expensive. Magic's that's control is a one-time use. Uh, that's kind of where it ends, right? Strange, OG yep. Strange like, needs to connect on his bolts attack. Uh, so Yeah, they bring control in different ways, you know? They bring control through, obviously, the Ironbound books and tax cards. And it's less control. It's more just sustaining, you know, and doing right. little tricks and stuff that are... that feel like control to your opponent because they feel like it's kind of like mentally taxing your opponent too you know if you're doing all your tricks right um one that comes to mind of course is supreme strange's mystic armor of strange what we lovingly call you know the reverse pierce on defense i mean that type of stuff though it's not direct control like a scalpel or a throw it it, it does a lot <laughs> you know and then uh you know you're it's it's I mean it's one of my favorite reasons to play the character and you're gaining power from it and then you're also shutting down their damage and you're sustaining and it's creating this sort of control feel but yeah you're absolutely right they don't have any hard sort of like throws or like web warrior pool controls like online often um, till later games so that's a big part of it but lizard helps with a lot of that and he also can be he can be hyper aggressive in this team he can be hyper aggressive in most teams but he can be hyper aggressive in this team. And that's kind of his role while the rest of your wizards are kind of sticking 
to their path. And he's he's really good uh, side solo flank type character for that reason in this team too. Yeah, I've 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 been messed up by Lizard before in in combo. <laughs> he just like dives and grabs your cube, and then it's like Ugh. if I attack him, he's just farther away. I'm probably not going to kill him in one attack. Right. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got like a a ball of the rest of the wizards kind of the other side of the map and they're doing their thing all together. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. He's, he can be a good little solo, but that also leads to some other three threats that have worked for me that are splashes and hood comes to mind because hood on that plane, of pole turn can do a lot with his pistols, um, <laughs> a lot. And then also he's just providing heals, which are really premium in this team. Cause it's like, if you get to mid or late game, and this is why Wong is so good too. But if you get to mid or late game and it's like Voodoo and Strange are still on their healthy side, but they're kind of injured and you start, they're kind of got some damage on them. And you can pull some of that off with Hood and Wong in some ways or some combination one or the other. It, those little bits of stamina really start adding up and it feels pretty bad for your opponent. Um, especially because if you've been killing stuff with Voodoo and Strange, uh, especially Supreme Strange, Hood can actually help you out a lot there. And when he flips, as when he changes, excuse me, to his demon side, I mean, he is kind of like another lizard sort of piece that can be in your opponent's face and then keep the focus away from your wizards, you know? Yeah, he's got, like, super durability on yeah. his demon form. And if you rip, like, a demon spender under, like, playing a pull dock, like, that thing's probably just dying. <laughs> yeah it's it's very true he's got a lot of synergy with the team um and i find that really cool now i know you were playing cage i've also played zemo in these spots too just for re-rolls and movement and of course zemo's got some interesting fun little winking winking at the camera moments where he gets to use his four mystic you know on the iron Mountain books turn but <laughs> There's really not a lot of space for a lot of threes in this roster. If you're if you're bringing a couple, that's probably it. You know. Yeah, I was playing Cage because I wanted him to be good on Mutant Madman, which was is notoriously difficult for them. Yep, absolutely. Um, and also, Lizard's good here too. Yeah, Lizard is good. You're right, and I did find that Heroes for Hire was helpful into like Kelios Laser or something like that. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Which uh, actually helped me at. Lone Star. I mean, Brett tried to Helios my <laughs> uh, my space maw, and I here's fired it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, that that works. Yeah, so you're kind of filling gaps right with that. But I think there's a lot of things that have come out recently that could work with Convocation. I mean, Zola comes to mind. The problem with Zola is, he, is he's slow, but right, and he's got two physical defense again, which is just exactly like, yeah. So he's just helping you on like he would be more of a a just specific crisis piece, you know, and he's just giving your other wizards more consistency with their dice. And also meanwhile, he can contribute in the pain of, to the plane of pole doctrine, of course, because his prototype weapon can be any damage type, but um, you know, just plug and play your own support. If you want a support in that role, like a Shuri or things like that, there's a lot of routes you can go. Um, for me, it's always just been kind of that lizard and hood have been the first ones I've personally grabbed as splashes because they do have a lot of helpful things they bring to the team on top of having synergy with things the team does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so we haven't, we, we, I think we've talked about every affiliated character except for Clea. We have. Yeah. And she might be better in this new world, right? She might. Yeah. Be. 
so I was, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about Clea as, as a piece? I have not had success with her, but I think a big reason that is I was never interested or ever played the kind of extract shenanigan convocation or even that sort of game-breaking Wakandan herb convocation mm-hmm. that I did play against in the spring. I played a convocation mirror against a player doing that, and it was a really tight game. Um, I know Clea was a crucial piece of that. I... I think her stock is up a little bit, so I'm interested to try her again. I think she's got a good sculpt, and she's a cool character in comics. I mean, we did her recently on Fury's Finest, but I just don't know if you have the space for her if you plan on playing Magic, which I personally do. So, And it's kind of funny because like, Magic can do stuff late game. Clea really can't. She's just kind of doing similar things all game, like a Lockjaw. So I'm not sure where she fits other than some of the obvious places like demons downtown and things like that. But I don't know. I, I've not had a lot of success with her and um, I think she's just a couple of things away from being a great piece for the team. Yeah. That's kind of my experience as well. I found that like, I wanted to like her on paper and she, like you said, she's a cool character from the comics and yeah, she does have a good, 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 good sculpt. Um, yeah. And they're starting to do more with her in comics lately too. Like kind of fleshing her out, which is interesting. So nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I found that she would get like a teleport round one and then move somewhere. Yeah. Like you said, lockjaw. And then yeah. after that, I found it was super hard for her to contribute because her builder is like range three. Yes. I wish it was range four. I think she would be much, much more useful with like a range four attack. Yeah. And you start getting that situation too. It's like, if you're bringing a, a pure support teleporter, obviously she's an affiliation. So you lean towards her. But then you can start looking at her and you're like, if I really want that often in my games, like I got to start looking at her ne- next to Heimdall and next to Lockjaw and maybe even next to Darkstar. There's a lot of things, options now in the game. And you can really, if that's right, you want to go, you've got a lot of choices. So it's really up to you. But I just, I've not had personal success with her. I want that to change. Um, but I think she's one of the weaker characters in the entire game because she's not really at least some of the lower characters on the lower bell curve are fulfilling a really specific specialist purpose. And I feel like her specialist purpose is kind of lost. Like you're saying, cause it's like I, if she was lockjaw with a range four, I'd be a lot more interested, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I found that she kind of want to back point sit with her and then she's just out of range of the other points to like shoot anything. Absolutely. And obviously too, you can just get really un- unlucky with the RNG if with her descendant of the fall team, yeah, you could just roll a bunch of skulls and she could just like daze or something. And you're like, wow, what did I just do? So, yeah, um, yeah and, and it kind of gets to that discussion we we're talking about earlier. If you're going to have a back point center, like, should it just be Shuri or Zola or something like that? You know what I mean? If you're really thinking about playing a lot of center objectives and maybe that's a lot of matchups and you're looking better, that does she even fit? You know, so that's the place I've gotten with her. Um, I do th- think thematically bringing a team that is all like these X or current Sorcerer Supremes. It's just awesome. And that's a big theme of the convocation theme wise. Um, and she's, you know, she's been Sorcerer Supreme as well. So I, I think that's cool, but I just, there's not quite a place. And at the end of the day, I'd, I'd rather maybe just take Mysterio or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> Mysterio is great. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is great. Um, so we, we, uh, so we've talked about some splash like lizard Zola. Is there anything else before we move on? 
the splash uh, Yeah, so we can move on to other threats. I think you obviously can... Four threats are tough because you, you're you kind of bringing Ancient One and Voodoo in yeah. every roster, in my opinion. So that kind of locks out the four threats. I have tried other four threats in that third slot, but you start getting really tight there. But I think there's a lot of interesting space for five and six threats um, in this team, especially when you would go a little taller, like I was mentioning earlier, which I've done a lot with my builds. And a character who's really good in this team is... Space Maw and Regular Maw are both really good in this team and something I've played a lot. And I was actually playing Space Maw on every roster right when this team came out. And of course, things have changed since then. The Space Gym has been restricted. And I I don't know if you can justify bringing Space Maw unless you plan on playing him every game now. But before, I was playing him, you know, about half the time. And I felt really good with Space Maw. But the problem is he's really slow in this team, but I just, he has obviously so much synergy with this team on top of that. Inversely, we've got a new scary five threat, five threat in town, red skull master of Hydra. And I actually really like him in this team. And something I've been experimenting with lately because he's bringing a lot of damage and he's also bringing a grunt that you can kill on command and bring your iron mound books back, which is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he, Oh, it's just he's a threat that your opponent has to deal with. And it's weird because, like, if you're playing Strange and Voodoo and Red Skull, it's like whatever decision they make, the other characters are going to be fine and they're going to clean up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you don't have, like, a Red Skull package, like an X-Men Red thing here where you bring a bunch of bodyguards for him and stuff. But that's okay because he's got one job in this team, really. It's to be kind of a battle mage. So, Yeah, I was going to say... He also, you also can get around like his defense thing with Ironbound books. You could you just can. like sit in energy form, and then when yep. Ironbound books is up, his defense is all of a sudden like four five four. Yeah, it makes him a little tankier than he would be otherwise, and that's his one mm. major weakness, right? So, um, and I think the theme's kind of right too. He's kind of a magey version of Red Skull, so kind of the theme is fun. But um, yeah, I've been really enjoying him. He's in my roster currently, and then closing out, uh, I've got Hulk and Hulk has been a mainstay I've had in this team for a while because there is so much versatility going on with the team. Scalpling Hulk feels incredible up to the middle of the board. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bouncing with Hulk with the leadership feels incredible. Uh, there's just a lot of things going on that Hulk just kind of works. And then on top of that, he's kind of filling some of your gaps you don't have, which we've alluded to in this episode. And we've, we've kind of spiked instead of the ball to hit right now, but it's like he brings a lot of throws and control that you don't have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you can just like get rid of the terrain, that way you don't have to roll dodges on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Your wizards will be okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Hulk's a Ma does awesome that piece. very well too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ma does that as well. So it's kind of like the dream would be to have, if if you had the space, obviously you typically don't, but it's like if you could bring all these higher threat models that did different roles, you're in a pretty good spot because they can, depending on the matchup and the mission and the terrain it's like oh is this a maw game or is this a hulk game so er, early in this year when i was playing a lot of convocation i had maw and hulk in every roster and it, and that was kind of the play the play pattern it was which one's coming out you know what i mean so that that was pretty fun nice yeah i dig it i i love space maw when i played combo and i played him as a restricted character man uh, he's good yeah i didn't bring him every game like i felt still okay like we talked about the tactics cards where like you're glutton for choice, mm-hmm. uh, 
So it didn't even not bringing him felt mostly okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I always tried to bring him. I preferred higher threat games where I could play him and Voodoo and maybe Ancient One or Strange or something. Right. Um, I felt like those characters had the most impact for me, at least. No, absolutely. I think Maw is still incredible in this team. And I mean, he can do cool things with Ironbound books. He can do cool things with throws they don't have. Um, he can move people, kind of give you a little bit more control. So I think he's a staple piece. I just think someone needs to work on and hopefully I can do find time to do this, but it's like just to see if they can get the non-space model to really work in this team and if he's viable or not, you know? And I think he is, uh, just for the shush alone. But Yeah, that card is fantastic. And yeah. I mean, he also gets re-rolls with Planeful Dock too, right? Yeah, of course. And then that kind of gives him a lot of consistency with his pretty hard, hard-hitting attacks, you know? Yeah, yeah, he hits like range six or range four or six dice, like it's, it's <laughs> with a long throw. Like he's a, he's just a vacuum cleaner of terrain. <laughs> like it's really good. <laughs> it's really yeah. Good. <laughs> um, and obviously, too, you can see why I'd want Hood or Hood um, Wong or Hood in some of these rosters too, because now we're getting discussions where it's like, oh, I've got Red Skull or I've got Hulk or I've got Maw, and it's like. I don't want them to be staggered, you know, Wong to the rescue. Like there's just things like that. So there's a lot of cool things going on with bringing these higher threat pieces um, that you can splash in. Yeah. On that note, it's no secret that I play a lot of black cat and I find that I just win a lot of games by staggering my opponents a lot. And right. my opponents have started playing Wong into me and things have become much more difficult. <laughs> Very good. Wong <laughs> resurgence. That's right. Well, and yep. this is a place to do it because he's affiliated, you know? So, and I think, exactly. Yeah, a stagger on Strange is on Supreme Strange is just a death sentence. Like it's just you want him to be scalping as much as possible. You want him to be striking or even doing his long range attack. You know, get around that damage type. He's he's a really cool natural apex predator to Red Skull right now. And they're seeing a lot of Red Skull in the game. Red Skull Hydra because of that cheap spender where he gets to choose the damage type. You know, so I don't know. I I, I think a stagger immunity. <laughs> immunity and so of sorts having Wong around is pretty nice and um yeah i've had some really cool games with like Wong on a back point i've got supreme strange and hulk kind of in the midline and you know Wong's just giving them support yeah exactly i um Su- supreme strange is kind of like magneto that way right like he needs to be making attacks so that he can mm-hmm. build power to scalpel a bunch of times correct yeah and if he can't do that he just feels like he's not performing yeah he just feels like a defensive piece and if your opponent's not attacking him he doesn't get to do that part either you know so the best way to deal with him is to stagger him shut him down and not attack him you know and that's not what you want you want him to be really aggressive and force your opponents to attack him and stuff and and yeah get that power just always rolling because um there's nothing more fun in the game than scalping three times in a turn (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard to do but you know when it happens, man, man. And you mentioned Magneto. That's a, that's a guy I love to scalpel. Man, that's like <laughs> dream. I do it all the time. So. Just sent to the shadow realm. You're gone. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but you're like, wow, how thematic is this? This is, this is strange. Just portal in that big threat way away from his team. You know, I love it. So Yeah, in fact, speaking of scalpel, I wasn't sure why it was called scalpel originally. Mm-hmm. And I figured it's like, oh, he's a surgeon. You know, okay. Of but course. I read, I ended up reading the, that comic run, and the scalpel of mm. strange is a freaking sword. 
It's he, pretty nuts. Yeah, he did. He crafted a sword in like a magical forge, named it the Scalpel of Strange, and he just like slices the air and it just opens a portal. <laughs> sucked through. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really good. I was like, why didn't they put the sword on his skull? I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, the listeners probably know how good Scalpel is, but obviously, Scalpel gets better the larger base an enemy model is. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, inversely the same for your allied hulk or something right like your hulk is just he's up there you know because he is a large base and you're scalping him up so um hulk's been a crucial piece of this roster not that i play him every match but um especially in the spring this year when i was just slamming combo and going to tournaments with combo it was a lot of hulk and a big part of that was because if i got put on those objectives that were kind of more narrow there was just a lot of viability there to get Hulk where I needed to get him to be with either the bump or the scalpel or just, you know, things like the Wong I was talking about kind of keeping him supported. So it's, yeah, it's Hulk's fun. already like insanely mobile. Right. And then you're just tacking on, like you could even scalpel him with strange. Like you said, he gets the bump. Like he's just all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And it's kind of yeah. cool. Like all these wizards, like bumping Hulk around and stuff, you know, yep. abilities. <laughs> it makes sense. And you've got like ancient one on a side flank, just holding her own and taking on two enemies and stuff. Uh, that's really, I found to be her best role is kind of taking on more than she can chew threat wise. Um, and if she does that, she's kind of earned her keep. So there's a lot of cool things going on. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, nice. So yep. we could move on to like some crises talk uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crisis and uh, tactics cards. I'm all in. So crisis talk. That's a Game big changed. can of worms right now. <laughs> yeah. So you did mention this team excels at high threat. And I think that's a good starting point for the conversation. They really do excel at high threat. And if you're going to go more of this sort of fighty attrition style convocation, which I kind of leaned into and played a lot, I, I think these sort of demons downtown and intrusions come to mind because they are 19 and they are pretty good for the team. And I feel like intrusions just got better for the team in a weird way because the no damage. Um, yep. It's interesting. Um, I know a lot of other teams like intrusions right now too. So it's part of it's a meta call, but in the past I had success with intrusions even before the damage thing was gone until recently, because you're saying this theme of what I'm building where it's like kind of strange and Hulk taking a lot of the focus, you know, and kind of getting where they need to be to do what they need to do, you know, with their, with their, with the scalpel, with the throws, with the damage. So demons and intrusions work pretty well for that. Well, the beauty of 19 threat for me at least was I could play voodoo ancient one, a a strange and space maw. Yep. That's kind of the same thing with Hulk, right? Uh, Or maw. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do and you can maybe even maintain priority through that too you know um it's not like the tallest of tall but it's tall you know so yeah and it has like I a like cool that. balance like uh like if you have like uh space mall would usually want to go first and like try to kill something and then mm-hmm. an ancient one could go early and then you have voodoo and strange kind of come in later with a bunch of control effects it worked out pretty well yeah and we haven't talked about it yet and we moved past characters but juggernaut's obviously a good fit in this team too because a lot of the synergy with the books and him just being a annoying piece that he is that can't be removed from the table and you but he he's just kind of like a giant black panther in the team that's really all he is if you want to play him but i've just kind of come to find that hulk or even a naked maw is just better because um it's just adding more direct synergy with the team but keep in mind he can play juggernaut and he can do a lot in this team as well yeah i mean juggernaut's also another large base 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you bump him, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's scary. But yeah, 19, I think, is a, a really good place for this team. So I've come to land on those a lot. Um, I We're in a brave new world. I'm not really sure where to go from here if those always stay in. But I think for the time being, they do for me. Um, you've talked about the team hating Mutant Madmen. Don't play Mutant Madmen. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Um, it's my favorite objective to play in the game but not with this team. So it's funny. I, I, I play it in most teams, but obviously not this team. Now they have some success with these pay to flips that have energy. Um, in fact, I was actually running deadly meteors in the past and I'm curious now with deadly meteors, with the change, with it slowing down a little bit, if it's viable with them, um, they've also got some really good energy defense to flip it, but Mordo's fantastic on the energy flips. Yeah, he, he'd come out every time I'd play Deadly Meters in the past with this roster. So um, I think Deadly Meters is in strong contention, but it is 17 now, and you'd have to make some adjustments potentially with that. Yeah, 17 feels a tad low when you play Wizards. You don't quite get everything you want, in my experience. Right. Yeah. And that can be a bit of a weird spot. Now, I know you, Mike, you've had some success, and I've played it too and had some fun, though it was not from my deck. It was from opponents, but scoundrels um you know superpowered scoundrels form sinister syndicate uh being a 20 threat is not bad and obviously this would be a strong instance to switch to that og strange if you brought both strangers in your roster yeah so og i think actually both strangers have some merit here og strange uh really likes playing astral ring to like an adjacent uh secure point and he can like do stuff there and i think he gets over the cover because he now can test from the astral ring. Yeah, and he obviously gets to do the fun little old school X Men Gold thing, where it's like he swaps to cover and he gets power. Right. He swaps. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Size. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a really cool synergy. I also have seen Supreme do amazing work on scoundrels. Uh, yeah. He can just scalpel people around. Uh, there's a bunch of note like points for him to go to. He can usually scalpel himself between any like adjacent uh, secure. Um, which is really good for him. Team likes cover uh, too. Yeah. Yep, he likes cover. And I found since it was such high threat, I could play Space Maw. And Space Maw has his uh, his advanced trigger on his attack, and he would just pull yep. people off of scoundrel tokens. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> well, and obviously Ancient One's really good in this, like just adding more defense to her and forcing these one-on-one fights where she can move up into a different scoundrel and kind of aggressively push in and kind of be a, a brawler on, on an opponent's, you know? Yeah, she uh, can also uh, her wins if they attack if they're if she's on a token a scoundrel point with someone else and they attack her she can wins yeah. them off of it and now she gets cover. It's really cool. Yeah, it's super good. <laughs> yeah. So I think scoundrels is strongly in contention, but I also think so is deadly meteors. It's it's one of those. But the problem with deadly meteors being seventeen now, I'm just not sure. And let's keep in mind this team can still perform well on things like spider portals. We talked about another pay to flip. And even it's, I don't like it as much because it splits the fight so much. And the way I'm playing Convocation in this particular build that I'm bringing to you is it's more the keeping the team closer together and bringing some higher threat models as splashes to really get stuff done when I need to get stuff done. And it, the spread doesn't benefit as much though. I think you can still play spider portals really well with this roster and, you know, just rotate. Yeah, I think Spider Portals is fine, but I don't think you want to bring it. Um, right. I've yeah, seen a lot of combo players bring it. I always want to pick their brain and ask them about it. But 
I get it. We've got good energy defense, and we don't mind the pay to flips as much. That pay to flip because it's energy pay to flip as much. But uh, it's curious. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I would personally bring any pay to flips playing convo. I mean, maybe sword is different now with the new version. Sure. Because uh, yeah. I want to be playing voodoo all the time, and voodoo's dice are liability on a lot of those pay to flips. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's and you with strange. You really just want to like get him and get his allies and get your enemies as many places as possible with as many scalpels as possible. And the pain flips do slow that down quite a bit for him because they start right. adding up, you know? So yeah, you don't, it's not ideal. That's for sure. No. Um, but yeah. Cool. So that's three uh, or mean, four. You can kind of land on um, mm-hmm. comfortably. I think for me right now with the current new world brand and just the state of, I'm going to start testing it's demons, downtown intrusions and scoundrels for me. Um, I'll, I'll go back to deadly meteors. I'm actually really intrigued with the eye shape and the slight 33 degree angle change of the C shape, you know, sort of for it now. I sure think it benefits combo even more because they can kind of like put their weaker pieces at the back meteor. Right. Um, and kind of like move in at an angle, the strange and stuff, but time will tell. I don't, 17 might just be too hard of a hit for them with it. I don't know. Yeah. I think the shape is really cool for them. I played on it the other day and, uh, it's, it's pretty sweet, but yeah, 17, I would not, I would not love bringing a 17. Yeah. And I also, I also don't think too, they uh, struggle with the, um, I mean, they can flip these, you know, it's not a big deal. So, but yeah, 17, I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. So extracts, this is a, this is even more chaos. Um, Way more chaos. I do think new Montessi is just a slam dunk for them. Yeah, I'm glad you say it. Yeah, that's the new obvious. Let's get it out of the way. Um, it being a Mystic Beam now, you might think, oh, well, you don't get to play in some Poldock on that or reroll with Strange, you know, Agamotto it with the new rule they have on it. So keep that in mind, you know, because I right. think inadvertently we're all going to reroll when we do, and we have to break that habit. Uh, I've, I've rerolled so many times in my MCP last year career with these with Laura, you know, and it's like, I got to break yep. that habit <laughs> in my brain. But uh, obviously this inversely helps you because it's a mid scoring objective. You can maybe even do that lizard play, get that mid one out of there and just kind of be up on extracts. But now you've got planes of Poldock. Your, your opponent's using mystic attacks on you. You're like, this is fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then <I'm, laughs> and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and I'm like, it could just be one of those games too, where you play cagey, you know, and you're just up on this extract. Um, and, and they also bump the threat to 18, which helps a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So that made it way more appealing to me as a combo player. Cause I really am looking at that 18, 19, 20 as much as possible. Um, wanting to play Supreme Strange every game, playing to play Voodoo every game. So that does make it uh, way more fun and uh, interesting for the team. So that's the obvious we can get out of the way. Now, after that, Mike, I don't really know where to go from here. I think there's plenty of places we can go. Um, <laughs> are scrolls good? Are they bad for the team? The new J map scrolls? Um, I think tell. Skrulls is a solid pick for combo right now. That, that's my first thought, especially with this combo I've brought to the show um, where you're bringing one of these high pieces like a Maw or Hulk, right? And I'm not saying that necessarily you want to bring them this game, but I'm saying combination of the bumps and some of the things you can do to get your members safe. 
Skrulls might be good. And this might all be a case for Kalia showing up. I don't know. And I, I'm what I mean by that is she can teleport someone up in, they pick something up and they get to safety, you know? Um, but I don't know. The scroll, the new scrolls seem very dangerous to me. <laughs> but so very the cool fun. thing with scrolls, I find I've played it twice now, and I find the the push on interact is mostly it's the most relevant on round one. Yep. Uh, so luckily, well, here's what's the, cool for combo. It's not that bad. It's exactly the character's right. Physical so like, defense. Yeah. Um, well, no, 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 no. The better physical dice you, the more physical dice you have, the better it is for you because you okay. you roll your physical dice and you're looking to roll a crit or a wild to not get pushed. Okay, so you need to bring more physical to right. Of... So that's a little bit hairy. They don't roll a lot of physical dice, but okay, you supreme and voodoo can interact with the close scroll with one move so if they get pushed mm-hmm. they move back that's fine mm-hmm. you could also think about bringing eyes on the prize and strange could take the side one if he gets pushed of he course. can have another move um it's also 20 threat which is great and yeah. love that uh i think it's not super fast which they don't don't really want to be playing anything that's like wicked fast uh, so <laughs> it doesn't require a ton of bodies either Right, so you're probably directly referencing something like Senators, right? The new version. We have six bodies, six six Senators, but that is 19. <laughs> Interesting, but yeah, that's a lot of scoring against a, like a web yeah. or something. I'm a little bit yeah, worried I don't think that. I would pick Senators for Wizards. I think after Skrull, I would think about, honestly, playing Hammers. Yeah, I'm uh, glad they, you brought they that made, up. They made holding Hammers better. Like you can, they did, and and Convo was already so good at hammers because they have, if their strikes hit harder and build power, they can do so many things. But they have premium tactics cards they have to pay for, you know. And um, the hammer change is what you're, I'm sure you're talking about. Exactly. Got better for them because of their their premium tactics cards, and they want to play them. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on hammers, and that's actually what I have as a placeholder at the moment. It's it's funny that. We're like, oh, Hammers Montessi, just slot that right in, even though they are different now, which is cool. But um, Scrolls possibility. What do you think about something like Deadly Virus? Is that even a no-go? So the thing with Legacy, and now I've played a lot of Steve Avengers with Legacy, and I, yeah. I understand how it works with that team. Yeah, now, I'm not saying... Like, Vo- Convocation plays Voodoo every game. They can possess the enemy Black Cat. like Of course fine usually so that it's not like a loss but i think steve is just better at assembling it than you are and i don't know if it's really worth it at this point because there are a lot of times where like i think people are underestimating the the change to six vps i would often explode at eight and i would just win right and with it being six i would explode go to 14 and then it's like it can get really dicey trying to f- close out the game down a character. Yeah, and you still got to get to the end of the round to explode it now too. Exactly, which is my, right? My favorite change. I mean, it's a very subtle and s- smart change. Um, I, it it's a big deal. Me. Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy about it. Um, if that change was in the game, Mike, you and I would have played out our entire last round of the last match we played, or in that team tournament <laughs> when Hulk got the virus assembled at the top of our, our game where we had, you're that right. Yeah, there. you're right. And we would have played an entire round of, uh, you know, Hulk having all three, which is great, but, uh, I had all my pieces right there. So I, I find it very interesting. I don't think it's good for convo either. I just wanted to bring it up for conversations mm-hmm. sake, but I do think we're in a new era where legacy just 
I'm just I'm not upset when I, it's pulled now. <laughs> where it's like, oh boy, we're gonna have one. Yeah, at least not yet. Now. Uh, yeah. it could, yeah. there, it's still on my radar. It still yep. might be very, very good. Um, I think AMG has done a good job at first glance of like still making it appealing while also yep. toning it down. Yes. Um, no, absolutely. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to tone it down and then everyone's like, well, this sucks now, you know? Yeah. And then just is gone from the game basically. Yeah. Like no one playing it. Yeah. It's just, you always got to keep an eye on Steve and how much he can do and he can just still do a lot. So yeah. I'm curious the route they go with that. But the last um, conversation point of extracts I want to land on is Research Station. Now, it has changed in threat, which is interesting. Um, I did play it a lot this year in this team and actually had a lot of fun. Should seem obvious. I've got space. I had Space Maw and I had Hulk, right? And I have Maw and Hulk in the roster now and even Red Skull. And this. I'm, we'll see how this goes with the scoring being changed, but I think combos fine on this objective. If you're playing this kind of taller, a little bit more fighty style, I actually think it's pretty fun for them. And stranger scalpels can do a lot on this as well, but um, time will tell on it. It does not seem as plug and play to me as Montesi and hammers, but that's kind of how the game always is where it's like that third that third, you know, crisis is always kind of in flux. It's player to player, meta to meta, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So um, I just think it's notable to talk about research station because in my experience, it's worked really well with this team. And, you know, you've just got a lot of pieces like ancient one can babysit the researcher or she can babysit a side secure because you actually got a secure, you know, (laughs) like a C, a midline Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm. She can just, she can just own that side and the rest of your team's on the researcher. And that's really good for the team. Um, If you bring Hulk or Maw, you can do a lot of things around the researcher with Supreme Stranger out there too, to follow up. Um, There's a lot of interesting things that can go with the researcher, especially if you kind of get a slower scoring game, like you get something like demons and then you get like the researcher, you can kind of pivot to going a little bit more, damage focused and uh it tends to work out pretty well yeah wizards do a good job of playing like those grindy games uh, especially if you yep. bring wong or something like that right um i do the 15 threat on research base definitely makes me nervous definitely no yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah i don't know how i feel about that so i'll have to test it but uh i think um hammers montesi and scrolls is my kind of new current place i'm looking at and sitting on but i'm also always keeping an eye on alien ship and researcher you know, and that's kind of where I'm at on extracts mm-hmm. at the moment with this team. Uh, we are in brave new world. So really exciting to try all this new stuff, but that would lead us straight into tactics cards, right? Yes. So you're going to bring the Ironbound books and the bar with no doors in your tin every time, just how it's going to be because it's weird. You know, combo is this cool combination of the Ironbound books is almost like a second leadership on top of a leadership that is two leaderships, you know, like it's, <laughs> yep. like it's just one of those things. Like it's like eye in the sky with fury. It's like that is as much in the limelight, if not more than like the shield leaderships, you know, plural, uh, same with yeah. this team. Like I think Ironbound books is more in the limelight as a kind of innate thing. The team does than the leaderships like plural. So I think those are your starting points. And then I think you go right into your restricted. It's like, are you bringing space ma? No. Okay. Well, two restricteds, um, brace and dominable brace patch up. You can even brace advanced R and D and do a lot of cool stuff with Mordo, you know, early on. Um, you can get power with him, walk him up to a point and then advanced R and D and 
have some things online for your team. Um, but I don't think advanced R&D is really that like needed in this team. I think currently Brace and Indomitable are sitting at the highest for me personally because of how bad we are against throws. I think Brace is a no-brainer, and then Indomitable is probably the next pick if you're not playing Space Jump. Yep, yep, makes a lot of sense. And then you've kind of got a lot of room to what I call the flex convo cards, where it's like you're probably bringing playing a Poldock every time. And I think the same with Orbobogamoto. I think it's really underrated. I think a lot of people don't play it as much as they should. Um, Having that rainbow bridge for your wizards to kind of get lots of action economy has won me a lot of games. And then Astral Ring is shockingly good, (laughs) especially on characters like Ancient One or even Strange, right? Like your opponent's just not ready for it because even if you tell them you have it in the game, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then the point comes where you play the Astral Ring and they're like, wait, what's happening, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's really strong. And obviously, it's another one of those places I kind of alluded to in the research discussion, but it's really good on researcher and gamma and stuff too. So if you get put on that, um, you can kind of be safe, you know, and then Astral Ring kind of do some stuff. But um, those are the ones I typically bring. Iron Man Books, Bar With No Doors, Plane of Poldock, Orb, and Astral Ring. Which is a lot. That's five cards, you know? And you could even bring more. There's more cards for the team. Yeah, I mean, I think the ones not mentioned there, uh, I don't love Wand of Watoom. I think it's just kind of okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's fun on Wong. Yeah. It is fun on Wong, yeah. He just blasts somebody. Uh, I do think Bane of Dumbala has an honorable mention sometimes. This is a yeah. card that applies root. Um, I think it can be very valuable into like some of the bigger characters like Thanos or Malekith or whatever. Yep, um, yep. It's just finding space for it. That's the hardest part. Exactly, you know? yeah. It's like a solid 11th or 12th card, you know, yep, in your roster for sure. every time. Um, is there then, any others uh, I'm missing? I can't remember. Yeah, there's the uh, token removing, the activation token removing card. Oh, Book of Cagliostro. Yeah, Cagliostro, yeah. That one is awesome. It is cool. It is hard to put the pieces together when you would rather just have blanket playing a Poldock or Blanket Orb of Agamotto or something to kind of get you a a mid-game or even late-game like big swing. Um, I know that's a huge swing if you get that card off, but it's kind of like Magneto's difficult to please or something. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle you got to get to happen, which is fine. It should be, right? But um, I have had less success with it, but I think more people should play it, myself included. Yeah, I've actually been burned by this before. Like my opponent playing it at a really crucial time, and I got I got messed up by it. And if I'm not mistaken, it just has to be you can remove an you can have any character pay for it, right? But you have to remove the activated token from a convo character, right? Yes, yes. So, so that helps. Yeah, that does help. Um, makes it a lot more viable, especially because we're bringing these kind of interesting flex characters that we're going to try to bring a lot, you know. But um. Yeah, it's uh, two characters within range three of it have to pay two of the combo character. You know? Right, and even so, even the character you have to end up it ends up costing six power in total, which can be a lot. Right. Yeah. So it's six total is pretty c- tough to come by if you're doing all the things you want to do already. So this is more of one of those things I just said. It's more of a swing back thing. It's like your opponent did a ton of damage to you or you had some really bad defense dice in the previous round or something and a lot of things didn't go your way, but now you've got a bunch of power, you know? Um, 
in the new round, like that's kind of typically where this could happen. So I try not to play like that. You know, I try to play to have tools ready that are available and that I'm always intending to pay for, like the playing a pull dock, you know, stuff like that. But um, playing a pull dock, man, I think this card just got better with a lot of things. <laughs> what a great game. card, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's really cool. Um, it's a good way just to guarantee things happen you know and that's something i always like an mcp as a player just to guarantee things happen uh, as much as i can there's no way to guarantee we have dice in our game and stuff like that but there's a lot of cool synergies like i said with the hood you know using his mystic pistols and stuff with his plane of pole dock on top of giving characters like supreme strange and ancient one and stuff so much consistency on their strikes to pay for their super cool superpowers and stuff you know exactly yeah and you know mordo spender is like legit right and it's legit. Magic yeah. spender's legit. Uh, Ancient one spender's legit. Like it, saying this makes me wonder why I wasn't playing no matter the cost. It's probably because I just didn't have space. It's space, yeah. And damage on them is scary because yeah, when they start falling, they start falling. It, but it takes a while, you know. Like you said, they are kind of grindy. But there is a point where the chips start falling for them, where they get really hurt, and then they then they're just right. gone. And you're like, oh man. That was a big swing that I wasn't ready for. Like, I wasn't ready to lose Mordo on his backside that quickly. But, yeah, the Reigns of Ragnar, very underrated. I mean, it does cost four, but range four, seven dice, and uh, you can give the character auto-incinerating poison. Yeah, I, cool. I honestly, after playing Mordo more, I realized I should have just been using that attack more. He would be more impactful for me. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it's tough, too, with the Sidorak, you know, because Sidorak's so good mm-hmm. to just buff up Strange or voodoo or like ancient one or something to do more damage but yeah i get you um obviously there's cool synergy too with hood and the heals and you know like the sidorak deals damage but then hood can heal it you know there's fun stuff you can do with my version of the team but we've got to move on to some generic cards right and maybe some name character cards so i did mention journey through limbo I think that's a strong contender every time if you're playing Magic, and just same as Shush if you're playing Maw, right? Yes. I think you should try to find room for these, and you should try to just to do them if you got them in your roster. And, and unfortunately, if you're bringing multiple of these characters, that might mean you actually end up cutting some more generic generic cards that you really don't want to lose. But I think it's viable enough to, I think Shush and Limbo when used right, are better than those flexibility of those generic cards. Yeah, I would agree. They definitely increase the power level of those respective characters to like a level that you would want. Right. It's kind of baked into their their threat in some ways too, or mm-hmm. or at least makes them it gives them like a little half tier threat thing going on, you know. So right. Um, magic, like we we kind of alluded to, there's games where she does very little. She just scores you points. And there's other games where she does a lot. Um, the games she does a lot are those games where she just lives on that razor's edge of being alive, doing her spenders a lot. Uh, placing a lot with her of course amazing limbo step and then if you know of course that same game you're probably bringing journey through limbo and getting one big another scalpel off you know <laughs> could she she could teleport herself with that card or no uh choose another character within two of okay, magic so no. is what it says yeah so but you know a scalpel that gives auto incinerate is cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> <You just, laughs> i've had my juggernaut banished just like the art and it's no fun 
Yeah, and there's cool stuff you can do where it's like I, there's turns where I've limboed Magneto and then I've walked Strange up to an aggressive secure and then I've scalpeled him again. <laughs> like it's rude. It's like even if it didn't like, it's so demoralizing to your opponent that it's like it's almost a mental win too. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. You're without rolling like... with without rolling dice too. Like I don't. <laughs> it is rude, but it's like <laughs> I feel less bad about that than like having a crazy like. Oh, for some reason my dice wanted to crit five times. Let me grab five dice from my. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the bad. That's the bad rude that you didn't even intend. But yeah, this is the. I'm spending my power right. I'm top of my game with my scalpels and stuff and my wizards. But yeah, that <laughs> double scalpel. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, oh, I, I scalpel Juggernaut away and, and then I scalpel Magneto away with Strange and, you know, maybe you know, scalpel Juggernaut one step further, you know. So there's cool stuff you can do. But I think those are kind of auto clues if you're playing those characters. And it obviously adds to the fun of those characters too because the theme is alive on those with Shush and and uh, of course magic using her uh, send you through limbo but the incinerate's not bad it cannot be understated in fact i there's many times i've played this roster and i've just straight forgotten to give them incinerate you know because you're just you're so happy about that you got another scalpel off you know that you just forget oh it also yep. <laughs> so don't forget the incinerate uh listener but that kind of leaves some generic cards and this is kind of like choose like flavor to taste where it's like i think things like recal and mission objective and those and maybe even fall back those those standard cards are really good um depending on what your meta is depending on what you think you might be playing or what, what missions might come up more um what do you think about that yeah i play all three of those cards in my current list and uh they're yeah. just stellar right um recal is just i'm just gonna rewind uh any of any yeah. dice failure right and more often than not, I would say like eight out of 10 times it comes through with a better result for you. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's really helpful on someone like Strange, right? When it's like you have Agamotto, you have Recal, mm -hmm. there's crazy stuff that can happen. <laughs> like um, where you're just like, okay, I know the rough math of this, right? I, I can give it another shot or vice versa. So that's yeah, cool. Wizards but he can like they add don't a lot have of dice to the pool, right? With Sidorak. Yes. And if Strange like crits on his initial roll, then you yep. and maybe those whiff, you could recal like a huge die pool. And yep. Get That's pretty good. cool. Um, unfortunately, they typically, in my experience, only have two or three spots left maximum ever. They never have more than that. So because I think you're bringing these convocation cards I've mentioned and you're bringing like a shush or a journey through. And you already have the leadership too. Yeah. Leadership's kind of eating one of your spots automatically. So you've kind of got to make some choices. So right now I have mission objective and re and recal in my list, um, the one we're talking about today. But that could one of those could swap out for fallback or or maybe I could find room for fallback. But the problem is is if I'm bringing in fallback, I have to cut something like Journey Through Limbo or maybe Astral Ring or something. And um then I start asking myself questions like how much is fallback coming out? How much is, you know, Astro Ring coming out? Then you can start looking at frequency, you know, and kind of make a decision based off of that. Yeah, I don't think fallback is super clutch to the Wizards team because they already bump off their leadership and like that kind yeah. of is what fallback does. So yeah. you can just probably get by without it. You never know though. We might be living in a Shadowland world recently and everyone needs to bring fallback. <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> bump fallback. You're like, I'm good. I'm out. You're like, I, I just, I got to get out of this rapid yeah. business that's happening. So yeah, everyone might be bringing fallback very soon. Time will tell. 
but um yeah that's kind of where i land on tax cards yeah that makes sense i play i played basically all of those as well um, yeah they're they're for a team that's so complex and difficult to play in a lot of ways their tactics cards are pretty set but that doesn't make it easy in fact it makes it really hard because you've got so many cards at your disposal and you're bringing ironbound books every time and you're probably bringing your restricteds every time for the most part outside of maybe playing a shield or something because your, your restricteds are just giving you throw insurance you've got to make some big decisions on like what do you what are you bringing out of all these great slew of cards you know that was the hardest part of convocation for me was figuring out what cards I wanted to bring when, and that just takes like a lot of games. You're like, Oh, I remember like orb of Agamotto was really good in this instance. Right. So you bring it when you see that show up again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that card I've used in a lot of fun ways to repivot the fight. You know, it's like, if you want a side and you got to swap over or something, like it's sometimes it's better. It's, it's just one of those things. Like it's just a positioning thing. It's less about, some huge play, you know, for that card, right. you know. Um, also, that card you can just move strange and and be happy with it. <laughs> like it's just yeah, it gives him a strange. scalpel that he can play without any help, right? Correct, correct, um, correct. But he, I, I that, I'm skeptical on that card a little bit. I used to love yep. bringing it to chase down single extracts, which are now gone, right? Um, Very and true. a lot of these extracts require a character Multiple. can only hold one, and orb doesn't let you teleport if you're holding something. So it's very true. No, it's, it's, I think a good way to look at it as a player is not so much like how much value can I get out of it, but it's just like how much value can I get out of every time one of my characters activate in this team? That's kind of how combo is. And it's like, well, if this just plays voodoo or strange within three of where they are and they get to double tap and then do all their superpowers, it's, that might be enough value in that one particular game, you know? And that's, it's, in fact, it's won me a lot of games just doing that very thing. Just moving one character, you know, um, for sure, and just giving them action economy. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the best part. Yeah, uh, so it's it's fun. Yeah, so I guess a um, couple of last things. What are like, what are like some potential learning curves? Because this wizards are like a super complex faction, like we've been talking about, and they have a lot going on. But like, if there's yeah. anything you could do to like shorten the gap for people thinking about picking up wizards. Like, what would you suggest? Sure. Um, yeah, it, that question could go in many ways. And I think the first place we could talk about with that is knowing when to ironbound books. Um, it feels right when you're first playing them to play it almost every time on turn two. And that's that's a good starting point. But more as the game goes on, more matches you get in, you get that 15, 20 games plus onward. You start noticing things like, man, that was a game I needed to ironbound round three, hundred percent. And if I would have ironbound books on round three, I probably would just had that game in the bag. So that knowing when to ironbound books is really something that's just going to take time. And, um, you know, sometimes you have those games. I'm, I'm sure you've seen them too, Mike, where it's like, I mean, may not the case we're in the game these days starting now, but it's like, there's rounds where it's like turn two people are still kind of like getting fully in position, like every piece, you know? And, um, wasn't really the best ironbound books turn you know or you just shut down your opponent because you play it and they're just like well i'm not going to do anything <laughs> and you're like maybe that should have been on round three but right. um that's a good starting point is kind of looking at when to play that kind of watch your games pay attention was it a round two or round three thing if you're bringing this red skull or like even a shadowlands daredevil type situ or electro situation which a lot of people have tried and had fun with i've actually had a lot of fun with it too 
where you can kind of KO your own grunts to get the books back every time. That's kind of a different scenario. Um, that's more thinking about, okay, let me get the grunts in the position to do what they need to do to, to KO themselves, whether it's the ninja throwback or it's, you know, the hydro grunts, of course, doing their advance, you know, shoot, kill themselves thing. So um, that situation is a little bit different. And that's if you're playing those characters a lot. But on top of that, too, it's kind of what you and I just talked about. The hardest part of the team is landing on when to bring these cards and what matchups to bring these cards. And that just comes with time. It's kind of tough. Um, I do think with the way the game is going starting now, I think you can safely try to bring Plane of Poldock most games now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're probably in a good spot. And I would have not said that six months ago, you know, with this team. So I think that's an interesting change. Um, also, you got to assess how many throws your opponent has and, do you need to bring Brace and Indomitable, right? Is it one of those situations where they only have like one or one or two characters with throws and they're still throws that cost a lot of, of power? Well, that might be a prime situation to drop Indomitable and bring in something like an Astral Ring if it's going to win you that secure, right? So that's, that's part of it. But I think another nuance to the team is knowing when to bump, knowing which way to bump, and then knowing when to flip to this defensive reroll side because... If you're going a little bit taller, like I talked about at the front, the reroll side is actually pretty helpful. It can help you do that grindy thing we're talking about when you don't really need to bump. You just need to grind out the rest of the game, right? And sometimes a lot of players are going to get fixated on the value and of, of activation of models and getting the most rerolls. And it's you really just shouldn't think of it like that. You should think of it more like a, a just kind of a little little something extra like a storm cover situation where it's like it's the second part of the leadership that's just nice but still play the game in your normal way do the right activation order right don't base it off of the amount of rerolls and stuff you know what i mean but now you're in that mode you're in that grindy fighty mode and you're getting a bonus when it comes up you know but it is tough it's like okay if i attack somebody hasn't activated i get three roll and the, inversely the other way is flipped you know um so that's also a really hard part to master and something i'm still honestly working on yeah, I struggled to 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 figure out when to use the reroll side leadership. Uh, I didn't I didn't play Convo long enough to reach that point, but that was where I was. Um, I was starting to get a hang of like when when I wanted each card, and uh, that definitely just comes with time, like you said. Yeah, and that's it's so interesting because they're such a complex team, and their makeup, and their cards, and their leadership, and then you add the fact they're very matchup dependent. Like it's like there's certain matchups. They just dominate and there's certain matchups. They really struggle against and there's certain matchups. It's pretty even. So it's so many moving pieces that unfortunately just require a lot of time. And then you add the fact too, that like all their characters are different characters at different points in the game. I know every, every character in MCP is like that. That's kind of how the design of the game is with the power in the flipping mechanic of the card to the injured side. But honestly, like a lot of these characters, like we've been talking about this whole time, Mike, I mean, these spenders and stuff are unreal in this team. So they are different characters late game. And you kind of got to learn how to play with them in that way where you're like, Oh, it's late game time. I'm fed on power. Like I need to be comfortable doing a lot of spenders. For sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have, I didn't realize it until we said it, but yeah, they have, they all have great spenders. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not normal in other teams. It's not a, right. a route we typically go as more competitive MCP players. Like, we're not like, oh, I'm going to get as many spinners off late game as possible. It's not how you're thinking. But, but this team, 
it's not so much you're thinking that it's you got to be aware of how much power you have and just be okay with that you know for so. sure well with that i'm going to ask you who is your most wanted character from the comics that's not an mcp yet well i think jacob asked me this last year on the round table and i had a couple answers and a lot of them have remained the same because unfortunately these characters are not in the game my number one is kurt wagner it's nightcrawler uh, number one because i'm an x-men player primarily but number two he's just one of my favorite characters in the comics in general and um, i think he could bring a lot to mcp outside x-men just in the game in general and um after that i think uh seeing what they did with Malekith and how cool that was at first, even though he was overtuned, seeing how powerful and such a presence he had on the board with his sculpt and his playstyle, I really curious to see if they could do Null one day, the god of the symbiotes. Oh man. And how that goes. And if he's one of those high he'd have to be a high threat model. Um six onward, right? And what what that would look like, his sculpt on the table and his kit, how much presence they would have. And I think it'd have to have presence. So those are the highest for me. And if combo could get a two threat, bats the ghost town. I'd be all about that. <laughs> I don't I think it's it. going to happen, but you know, side you, stretch. You can wish. Uh, yeah. Nightcrawler is, he's just destined to be just like a super flashy character, right? He has to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just fun. I mean, just, just how fun it is doing stuff with magic when she has power with her steps, you know, just mm-hmm. got, got my brain turning with Nightcrawler. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways he could go to Nightcrawler, and he's not, he's the potential for him is very exciting. Yeah, but I think I think Null would get people to the table, like at the game shop, you know. And even if they didn't know who the character was, they'd just see this iconic looking McFarlane symbiote god thing and be like, "What is happening?" You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of what Malkit's been doing in the game recently. Like people see that model and they're like, "What is happening?" And I love that. I want to get more people in the game as possible. For sure. Yeah. Even Sentinels do probably do a pretty good job of that as well. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, Jesse, uh, one last thing. Would you like to uh, shout out your cast? Yeah, of course. I'm Jesse from Fury's Finest Cast, Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. Uh, we've been doing this thing for a long time since pre the game launch, and we're not going anywhere. And we do a lot of lore centric content uh, first. We do deep dives on characters so you can get more enjoyment out of them in the game, learn more about their lore, and learn more about their play style in the game. But also, we do news roundups, tournament reports and roster discussions all the time um, on top of MCU content. So kind of an all around MCP podcast for all listeners. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate you check it out. Of course, we're also on social media everywhere at Fury's Finest. And I'm on Longshanks at Jesse Aiken uh, with Fury's Finest as my middle handle on there, if that helps you find it more. And I'm Fury's Finest on Discord. Yeah. So Fury's Finest is an awesome podcast, and I would highly second that uh, people check it out. Um, it's great. Appreciate they it. Do, they do a fantastic job. Um, and in fact, after listening to all the people talk on Discord about their opinions on certain characters, they would do themselves a solid to go listen to your episodes to educate themselves. That's my hot take. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because I think Chris and I balance each other out in a lot of ways. And he brings the lore on the character, a big sweeping fun of lore. And then I bring the strategy. And it's like, I think our Clea episode is a good example where it's like, it might not be one of our most exciting episodes, but it, it, it is why Fury's Finest exists, right? Character People don't know about Clea in this game, um, myself included. I don't know a ton about her until we did our our write-up, our lore, you know, everything. And we, we, we do the episode and it's like Chris talks about her, what she's like in the Marvel Universe. We talk about her in the MCU together. And then I talk about her, how to play her in strategy. 
And um, our goal is always to get people to play models that they don't play more and to get more enjoyment out of the time they've put into the models they've painted. Yeah, all noble goals. And uh, yeah, your cast is great. It's awesome. Appreciate so. it. Yeah, love you guys here and I love being on. Yeah, yeah. thank you for joining me here and uh, thank you for your contribution to the community. So. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for uh, thinking of me when you thought Convo and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't think of anyone else. Uh, you're okay. number one for sure. So, uh, all well, right, it's been fun. Yep. All right, listeners, we'll uh, wrap it up there. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Complete.